It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening as there's a lot to talk about with less than a month to go before the next signing day. On tonight's show, David Johnson is leaving Tennessee. He has left Tennessee, actually, to go to Florida State. The impact there, what he's done on the recruiting trail for Tennessee. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about what they're looking for in his replacement. In just a moment, I'm going to talk to Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com and get his thoughts on that. What David Johnson did for Tennessee in recruiting, how important he is in uh, in being replaced from a recruiting standpoint. And then also looking ahead to what things look like over the next month for Tennessee on the recruiting trail and what stands out last week after getting to talk to some 2021 prospects as we continue to look into the future. Right here on Football Futures, you can find it every Monday from 7 until 7.30. Eric Kane is going to take over coming up at 7.30 with producing the facts, and then vol calls will begin at 8 o'clock here on the Sports Animal. Remember, you can always find the show in the podcast section of the WNML app, and you can find it online, 991thesportsanimal.com. Sam Foreman is producing the show tonight, as always, and always gets the show up for you after the fact online and on the WNML app. And I want to welcome to the show now Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. He covers Tennessee football on the field and on the recruiting trail. And, Jesse, there's a lot to get to. I want to begin asking about David Johnson. With him leaving Tennessee for Florida State, how good of a job did he do in recruiting for Tennessee? And how much is that part of the process in Jeremy Pruitt trying to find a replacement, trying to find somebody who can recruit at a high level? I mean, David did a fantastic job for Tennessee this cycle, Josh. I mean, this was, you know, people forget because he is a little older, uh, but this was only his second year, you know, at a power five job. And I think, you know, he got his feet wet a little bit last year, but this year David w- was crucial for the Vols and in, in, in really kind of planting that flag in Memphis. And, you know, six months ago, we've talked about it several times on on your show that, you know, Tennessee was not heavily involved with those Whitehaven guys outside of Bryson Eason, but David Johnson did a great job kind of keeping, you know, Martavis French engaged, keeping Tamarian McDonald kind of, you know, on the line. And and so then when Tennessee reevaluates their film halfway through their senior season, decides they want to go all in, Tennessee wasn't chasing uh, other schools because of the, the work that David Johnson had, had done. And so he also had a big hand in Tennessee landing Amari Thomas, uh, Jabari Small. I mean, he, he was he he will be missed um, at Tennessee from a recruiting standpoint. His contract was obviously expiring. Tennessee, you know, tried to keep him in the fold, but I think you know the fact that he's from Louisiana uh, w- wants to be a little closer to home. You know, Mike Norvell also was the first coach, the first college coach to give him his opportunity. You know, at, at a big time program, you know, after spending a lot of time as a longtime high school coach and then Tulane and making that that jump to Memphis a couple of years ago. So Tennessee obviously has a big, you know, shoes uh, to fill there, but we'll see where Pruitt goes. I think there's, you know, there's kind of a litany of options. Do so they go reach out the former ball, Jay Graham? He, he obviously had some conversations with Jeremy a year ago when, when Pruitt was looking at kind of reorganizing his staff. That could be a potential option. I think Tennessee may also, you know, kick the tires on a guy like Brian McClendon. Cost there uh, could be interesting, but McClendon was recently demoted from his role as, as play caller at, at South Carolina. He still holds an offensive coordinator title. 
he and Pruitt worked together at Georgia. Could a guy like Joe Osevet get promoted? What about a guy like Dez Kitchens at NC State, another guy Tennessee, um, inquired about a year ago? So we'll see how it plays out. Right now, that's Tennessee's only staff opening. There could be others. You never know. You know, this is this is the movement season, Josh. Uh, we're, we're kind of seeing it all over when you have these programs that are, you know, their head coaches have to fill up spots, and, and so you kind of see some of these uh, shuffling around. Tennessee has a couple of the guys whose contracts expire at the end of February, and Chris Winkie and Tracy Rocker. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, it's January, you know, early January, still a long time to go, even before these next months before National Signing Day. But I think you could see some movement uh, elsewhere here for the Vols. Yeah, and you're right. This this truly is movement season because even Jeremy Pruitt before the bowl game said, "Yeah, this is most often going to happen with assistants leaving." after signing day and after bowl games take place. And that's exactly what happened with David Johnson. Word started to really travel out Friday morning that he could go to Florida State, and by the weekend he had done that. And that's just that's going to continue to be the case. And, um, I mean, nothing's really going to change there as long as you have the early signing period, right? Yeah, and, and David, you know, we had the story at VolQuest. You know, he made it known how special he thought Tennessee was. He also pointed out and made it an emphasis that he, he called and reached out to those guys that he had a, a direct hand in recruiting to Tennessee, the Memphis tree, the Whitehaven trio, um, Jabari small, Amari Thomas. So uh, he was appreciative of his time. I'm sure he'll go and do great work at Florida state and Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt ha- have uh, a big hole to fill, but I would expect as like, you know, kind of rattle off some names. Um, there's some options out there and they could also, you know, uh, with a position like running back, you, you've been around college football a long time, Josh. You kind of, you know, that's a position that you want a strong recruiter. So could you even move a guy like Brian Niedermeyer, who Jeremy has said uh, is capable of co- coaching multiple positions? You can maybe move him into that role and, and hire a, a different tight ends coach or, or what have you. So uh, there, there's a variable of, uh, of options for the Vols as they kind of enter this next month, six weeks, when you kind of put together your staff and both finish the 2020 recruiting class. Jesse Simonton of allquest.com. And of course, Tennessee was in Florida last week playing in its bowl game. There was also the recruiting aspect with the all American game and 2021 guys starting to get more attention as we move forward with the recruiting process from that angle, what stood out last week in hearing guys, especially guys who have a decision to make over the next year in, uh, in the talk around Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee's trying to to kind of make headway with with some some big timers in the twenty one class. That's not surprising. What's what's probably most notable is how many guys you know in the from the state of Alabama that Tennessee's trying to make a play for. They they, they really need to land um, despite signing three running backs this cycle: T. Hodge, Lennox Whitehead, and the aforementioned Javari Small. They they really need to land kind of a blue chipper and a dynamic guy at that position. So Travion Henderson is someone they kind of circled. Early in the process, he's a top, Rivals 100 running back from Virginia. Played it at the same high school as Daryl Taylor. He'll have all sorts of options. Tennessee also obviously still needs a quarterback. And, and Brock Vandergriff, the former Oklahoma quarterback, he has ties to Tennessee. Um, whole family, all, the whole side of his uh, mom's family, it, it lives you know right outside in, in Quarantine. So he, he he was up here during the holidays. I think Tennessee has some some catching up to do there with Georgia and Florida particularly, but the Vols will, will make a play there. Uh, and elsewhere, it's kind of, you know, talking to some of the big defensive linemen and, and a guy like Peyton Page in North Carolina who is, is a fringe four- or five-star prospect, holds the Vols in very high regard. 
I think that's shaping up early in the process to be a Tennessee, Clemson, UNC battle. Quarterback is going to be really interesting in recruiting for 2021 because Harrison Bailey's on campus. But uh, as you mentioned, no doubt, uh, Vandergriff, especially with him being such a highly tatted player, but that's still a big need for Tennessee because you also don't know how that quarterback room could change beyond this year with Garantano being a senior coming up and somebody, at least one player, could decide to transfer maybe more in the next year. Yeah, I kind of teased it in my in my review piece uh, that came out Friday evening, kind of re- recapping the Indiana, the, the Tennessee's win over Indiana, the Gator Bowl, and, and you know, Jared Garantano's up and down performance again. And th- there'll be many more words written and, and discussed on this as we, you know, get closer to spring practice. But spring is going to be fa- fascinating, I think, with that quarterback room in particular, because right now everyone is set to return. Plus, you're adding a guy and you know a potential five-star in Harrison Bailey to the mix. Jimmy Holiday will also be on campus, and he will start his career at quarterback. So that's a pretty full room. But I think once we exit the spring, that room is not going to look the same. You know, JT Shroud is a popular guy. Many expect it to ultimately transfer. We'll see what happens there, but he could end up deciding to stay and a guy like Brian Maurer could, could decide to leave. So how the, the, those dominoes affect, uh, you know, fall of 2020 and then also affect 2021 will, will be pretty fascinating because you're going to see most of these quarterbacks in the 21 class that they're not already off the board. And many of Tennessee's targets, a guy like Drake may, uh, you know, have already committed elsewhere. Brock Vandergriff, some of these other guys, you know, they're likely to make a decision in early summer. So that kind of puts them smack dab in the middle between what happens in spring and then before the fall of, you know, the, the next season kicks around. Hey, uh, Jesse, you, as you mentioned, you had your review piece. You're there covering the game. What's going on with Tennessee against Indiana? So the conversation does quickly turn to 2020. What stands out to you seeing Tennessee close out, seeing the guys that will be returning young players were involved in the game? What does the conversation center on, I guess, with quarterback and then beyond that, now that we head into uh, what happens next with Tennessee football? Yeah, I mean, I, I think another storyline to kind of keep an eye on, and, and it'll have uh, its domino effect, you know, here in the next week or so, is what happens with Trey Smith and, you know, Tennessee's offensive line. They, they made some interesting moves, I thought, against Indiana for, for all the talk of, of Darnell Wright. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit some at the end of the season. I thought Wanye did as well at left tackle. Not to be uh, not surprising, both those guys, freshmen, have high upside. But the fact that Tennessee really went uh, with Karon Calvert mostly at right tackle and kind of his emergence there. Jerome Carvin, you know, gets benched. He's dinged up a little bit, but you saw Riley Locklear play a lot. Uh, you know, the fact that Brandon Kennedy got that sixth year of eligibility, breaking that news uh, after the game. Um, you know, down in Florida, Trey Smith is going to kind of be the fulcrum, though, of what happens there. If, if he ultimately decides to return Tennessee, I think, you know, they'll return every single lineman that, 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 that was involved in the rotation heavily this season, which is a big deal. And then you have a guy like Chris Asperigny and some other guys who I think could get involved for playing time next season. But if Trey Smith leaves, how does that void at left guard, I think, kind of impact other decisions? again, will be something that, that I think is discussed uh, daily, uh, you know, during the spring. Yeah. Uh, the, the quarterback conversation itself, that's just, that has to be separated from the rest of the team, wouldn't you say, considering the amount of opinions that are out there on it? It does. And, and you know, the, 
I almost think that that, that discussion is going to be hard to really parse too, because while the expectations are so high for a guy like Harrison Bailey, especially coming off, you know, a state championship, likely to get a fifth star. Um, he's a guy that Tennessee fans have known about, excuse me, for a long time. Uh, but if Garantano comes back, even despite his struggles against IU, one would surmise that he would still at least uh, get the first crack at the starting job. I don't, I don't think JG uh, would return to Tennessee if, if that was not the case. So, that, that'll be kind of fascinating. And then, obviously, what happens with the guys behind those guys, like the Brian Mowers and the JT Shrouds? How much opportunities are they getting uh, at Tennessee, or do they go kind of seek uh, pastors elsewhere? Yeah, busy offseason ahead. As you can tell, recruiting over the next few weeks, heading into the final signing day for the 2020 class as well. Jesse Simonton and his uh, teammates there at VolQuest.com have you covered. Also, you can follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Josh. Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. Coming up next, Jeremy Pruitt talking about what Tennessee is looking for in a replacement for David Johnson. I'll get to that. Some recruiting notes around the SEC as well. An update on how it compares to Tennessee. More thoughts on the Vols heading into the final month of recruiting for 2020. And again, recruiting for 2021, an even bigger focus now. All of that right here on Football Futures. I'm Josh Ward on FM 99.1, the sports and Still looking at fair skies and temperatures falling back through the 50s and 40s this evening. Overnight, more clouds, scattered showers for most. Small snow chance up towards the northeast in parts of the Smokies with lows down into the mid-30s for Tuesday, clearing and drying with highs in the upper 40s. For the WVLT Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Austin Bolo. The future of college football. Now, back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. Thanks for being here this evening. Football Futures available every Monday from 7 until 7.30. Eric Kane will take over with producing the facts coming up at 7.30. So here in just a few minutes. Tennessee closed out the 2019 season on a really positive note, winning six straight games, going 8-5 and five overall. And when you consider the start of the season, which has been talked about over and over again, man, the end of the season looks even better. And it really is positive momentum for Tennessee to build on. I'm going to get to that coming up in just a moment. But one more note on David Johnson, Tennessee's running backs coach, leaving for Florida State. He's a a good coach. And as Jesse Simonton was laying out last segment, a really good recruiter who made a big impact. Uh, On Sunday night, Jeremy Pruitt was a guest on The Nation. And he talked about replacing David Johnson and what Tennessee will be looking for and a new coach coming in, here's what Tennessee's head coach said. We'll be looking for a guy that, number one's a good person, uh, that the players come first, that he wants to help them grow and develop as student-athletes on and off the field, a guy that's a good recruiter, good staff guy, um, that, that can coach his position, bring something in special teams, and wants to be at the University of Tennessee. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about replacing David Johnson. And I would also add in the position that Tennessee has available, and there's probably flexibility in the actual position because guys could move to different spots if needed. But Tennessee has money to spend. Tennessee also has a program that is now trending in a better direction. It looks like a more stable football program. So when you're talking about Tennessee, which is a big name, money that is on the table, and a program that looks like it's in good shape and headed in the right direction, 
you can attract quality coaches. So while Tennessee did not want to lose David Johnson and Jeremy Pruitt worked to try to hold on to him, Tennessee can go out and find a good coach to come in and replace him as well. And we'll still see if any other change takes place. I just I wouldn't make too big of a deal of having to replace an assistant coach, even if that guy is really well-respected as David Johnson is. Now, uh, talking about Tennessee closing out the season on a positive note, I don't know how big of an impact it makes on the 2020 class, but as you are still trying to attract attention and convince 2021 prospects, so rising seniors, to check out your program, get them on campus for unofficial visits, get in the door and, and try to be in that top three to six, maybe top ten, depending on where prospects are, this early in the recruiting process, finishing on a stronger note, finishing with six straight wins helps with that. It's not one individual win. I, I don't think beating Indiana in the Gator Bowl makes that big of a difference in what Tennessee will be able to do from a recruiting standpoint. But the profile of Tennessee right now looks better. And also consider that Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee's coaching staff, they're good recruiters. So while Georgia and Alabama and Florida and LSU and probably Texas A&M, they're overall viewed at a higher level. And with that recruiting at a higher level, Tennessee can climb on up as well. And when we talk about recruiting expectations, fans have high expectations. Jeremy Pruitt does as well. So things to build on would include the success on the field, the profile that Tennessee has kind of recreated for itself here recently. The conversation is definitely different than it was in September and early October when when there was some kind of hot seat talk for Jeremy Pruitt at the time that compared to now where Tennessee's able to go out and say hey look at the way that we're going in the right direction recruits I think will buy in more and believe more just listen to what some of Tennessee's recent signees said about seeing Tennessee in the second half of the season that's something that will help as well there's also the aspect of look at the guys returning in the win against Indiana in the Gator Bowl Eric Grazier MVP there's a freshman coming back. Henry Tooto is a guy that will probably become the quarterback of the defense next year with Daniel Batuli leaving. Tooto has already shown, I think, how good of a player he can be. He has future All-SEC and potentially All-American status written all over his ability in what he could do over the next few years. Then let's see how Quavaris Crouch progresses. I think Jalen McCullough can be a good player. This is actually a guy who's an upperclassman. He'll be a rising senior. I thought Sean Schamberger's game against Indiana was a really good sign of what maybe he could do next year. Lante Taylor makes a play late in the game. That was important for the Vols. So guys returning give something for Tennessee to build on and fans reason to be optimistic. The offensive line is going to get a lot of talk this offseason. Jesse's right about that when he mentioned it in the last segment. And the development of Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright and also the guys in their class, Chris Ockperogane and Jackson Lampley, is going to play a big role in what Tennessee is able to do next year and in the future. There is a lot of potential there for Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright, but that's also a lot of the conversation right now. Potential. They have a good amount of experience. Wanya was a starter all season, and, and Darnell played a good amount over the course of the season as well, but they also need to get a lot better. And if Trey Smith does leave, that puts more pressure on guys like Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright to be ready to play at a high level. I think the real optimism around the offensive line would be the overall numbers. Tennessee seems to have more to work with moving forward when you think about this freshman class, uh, a guy like K. Ron Calvert, who was able to 
come on this season. Jerome Carvin can continue to develop. And then you have some newcomers who will be there as well. That can be a positive for Tennessee. And then let's see how Tennessee closes out this 2020 class. It's not complete. If you look at the recruiting rankings right now, not a lot has changed, but there were some commitments over the last week at the All-American Games. Clemson has the number one class in the country according to the 247 Sports Composite. If you look at the Rivals.com team rankings for 2020, it's currently Clemson at number one, Georgia, and then Alabama. LSU actually number four, so three of the top four from the SEC. Alabama is ahead of Georgia in the 247 Sports Composite ranking. Florida is number seven in both. Texas A&M is number six in both. Tennessee comes in at number 16 according to the composite ranking and number 11 according to rivals. And these rankings are going to change because teams are going to add players, potentially lose players. What happens with Jay Hardy over the next month is going to play some kind of role because Auburn's class is ranked higher than Tennessee. If Tennessee were to steal him away, that could provide a bump for Tennessee and, of course, would be a negative to Auburn's class. So that's something to, to monitor uh, over the next few weeks. More importantly, Jay Hart is just a good football player, so he will he would be a, an important addition to either class, officially, Auburn or Tennessee. Also, over the last few days, Georgia did land Darnell Washington. I, I haven't really talked about that, but the five-star tight end did announce that he had signed with Georgia, as many thought that he would. Keely Ringo, the top corner in the country, committed to Georgia. And then Zach Evans had signed with Georgia, but it looks like he's probably headed elsewhere maybe Texas A&M or LSU. So we have about four weeks to go before the next signing day, and a lot's going to happen. I'll get back to what the board looks like for Tennessee on next Monday's show, the remaining board of players that Tennessee will go after, and we'll continue to look ahead to the 2021 class as well. It's a busy time on the recruiting trail for Tennessee's coaches. Football Futures has you covered every Monday from 7 until 7.30 right here on FM 99.1, the sports